You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. Friend of the podcast, Danielle wrote in a reply regarding one of our episodes. Canadian dating equals two-on-one dates on The Bachelor. It exists. Okay. <laughs> and what, what episode? That's from the episode where we obviously talked about Canadian dating. Yeah, I think I episode seven or eight. Oh, it's episode eight. Should I still date him if he does drugs? Yep. So, I mean, it's not an original idea, which is... Neither here nor there, but the the bigger question I have for you is, have you ever watched The Bachelor? I've never seen The Bachelor. You know, okay, so I've seen about five minutes of it. The cheese factor of how cheesy it is is just like, it's impossible for me to watch that kind of a thing. I feel so uncomfortable looking at these people making a fool of themselves on TV. It's cringe. Cringe, yeah. Do you think it's a good idea to go on a dating show to try to find love? No, of course not. Why do you think people do it then? To further their careers or their aspirations, maybe realize their aspirations or they're like unemployed and don't have anything going on and they want to be on TV. I have some connections to The Bachelor. Uh, One of my family friends was on one of the original seasons, like the, you know, like, I don't know, within the first five seasons, the first episode, she got very drunk and got uh, ixnate or whatever. I don't know what they call it. Not chosen. She did not get a rose. She did not get a rose. And she was like sobbing, crying on like the confessional or like the exit interview. She was like sobbing, crying, saying like, he could have been the one or like something like that. Just like wasted. Oh, no. She was annihilated. Oh, no. And like everyone was, it was like, she was like a moment on the show. You know, like everybody who watched the first episode was like, that was the main character. She was the the, main character of the first episode. Of the Bachelor or of of that Of the season. That's tragic. Yeah. Do you know how she, do you know her well enough to know how she reflects on that situation? I don't. She's older than me by a couple years, like maybe like four or five years. And uh, no, I I mean, I haven't seen her since I was a kid. I just like, before it came out, my mom was like, oh my God, so-and-so is going to be on The Bachelor. You guys should check it out. And then like my sisters watched it and were like, oh my God. (laughs) It's like my sisters knew her. They were like, she was like their age, more, much more their age than mine. And she went to like a rival high school. So I'm sure they like sort of knew who she was in high school and stuff. You have another Bachelor. I have a friend who... He's straight up Bachelor famous. Bachelor Nation knows him well. 100%. And he is regularly ben, ben, Anyone featured. who watches The Bachelor knows who he is pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I did not know who he was before I met you and you explained his relationship to Bachelor Nation, but I had seen him in People Magazine routinely. So I knew right. I once once you were like, this person was on Bachelor and they are, you know, I know them through a friend from college. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I see him in People Mag, yeah. Yes. You have weirdly a lot of Bachelor connections. I do. I have two big For a person who has zero interest Could not in be less Bachelor-like. I can't fathom going on those shows. So there's also a suspicion I have about 
those people just like out the gate. I hear people who are really into Bachelor Nation talk about who they're rooting for and who they think is like the villain and the protagonist of these stories. And I sort of, I know these are probably many of these people are very good people. And I, if I were in a room with them, I'd have a lovely conversation. But there's something in me that's like, if you want to go on The Bachelor, there's something probably wrong with you. And so how can I really find the like protagonist or the hero of these stories when I think by default, you have to have like some egomania to even go on the show to begin with? I mean, the friend that I have that was on it was like a radio DJ who wanted to be a professional personality. Like it made sense that he was on that show and it made him what he wanted to be. User aerobic underscore use underscore 547 writes, I am a 29-year-old female and my fiance, a 27-year-old male, started dating in 2020 and we've lived together for one year. We've been engaged for almost seven months and whenever I bring up the topic of setting a wedding date, he states that it pressures him. I've never asked for a large wedding party and even eloping is fine on my end because I don't have a lot of family or friends in the area. He allegedly wants to earn more money in his career first. My feeling is he's just not ready to progress past engagement. He confirms he wants to marry me eventually, but when I suggest seasons or years, he jokingly suggests dates even further back. It's awkward for me when people we know ask what our wedding date is, and he can't even agree to a season or a year or two from now. I brought up my concern about my fertility potentially declining in my 30s, but he doesn't think it's a big deal as his sister had her only child at 34. At this point, I'd rather not wear my ring or at least call it what it seemingly is, a promise ring. I just don't understand. Why did he propose after only a short time dating only to leave me hanging? He says he wanted to give me a sense of security, but I don't know if that's enough to propose to someone. A little backstory is that his parents divorced when he was about seven or eight. He has a good relationship with both. I wonder if he's just concerned about the logistics of planning with divorced parents. But he's never openly expressed this, even when asked. His latest excuse is my $39,000 in student loan debt. I'm confused. Help. Um, do you think that this man wants to marry the OP? There's a lot to unpack here, I feel like. Even more than just like, this is a hard one. I feel like this is a harder one than our normal question. So really? um, to answer your question, do I think he wants to marry her? I could go either way. If I had to guess, I would say he does. He's just certainly not in a rush to do it. I'm going to take a hard stance. He does not. Oh, wow. I don't think that you get engaged and punt on a date if you want to get married. I, I mean, I don't disagree. I think that they... And they moved in really quickly. They got engaged incredibly quickly, even to the the OP's admittance. Why he decided to do that is a mystery. And I don't, doesn't sound like he's open to even communicating why he decided that. She slid on the last line of the, uh, of her comment is like, now he says it's all my student loan debt. Like, <laughs> is he just like fishing for new qu- answers? This like, is why I say yeah. he doesn't want to get married. You can have wanted, you could have thought, oh, this is the right move. This is the right thing. This is, she seems to be wanting this and I don't want to break up. So like, there's a million things that go into why you propose if you don't want to get married. 
you can still propose and not want to get married. And I don't think you want to get married. Now, with that being said, like I had a friend who I went to high school with and he got engaged after like 10, 11 months and they didn't get married for another two years after that. However, I think they, that was their plan and they executed their plan. Like, I think they realized like we're getting engaged really early. We think it's the right thing, but let's at least put the uh, wedding two years out and then like we'll be really sure then. There, do, there doesn't seem to be a lot of open, vulnerable, clear communication in the OP's relationship with her fiance. And it sounds like your friends were in real dialogue with each other on this topic. I think this person's being, he's being really evasive. Like what changed from when you proposed to now with your career? Like you're, you were stable enough in your career to propose, but you're not stable enough in your career to get married. Like, what does that even matter? What does it matter if you get married and you're like still growing your career? I don't see. What does it matter that you're only 27 you're still like, you're not even in your peak earning years. Like. You knew she had student loan debt before. Why get engaged? If that's a real barrier to getting married, 100%. why even get engaged? Why not say, I want to develop this relationship more. I want to focus my on my career. I think that you should be focusing on your financial future yourself. And we can still be in a happy, successful relationship without an engagement. One thing that seems to be that there is a possible sticky situation is having kids. Like, cause those things kind of sound like reasons not to have kids right away. And maybe the OP wants to have kids right away. And he's like, oh, I didn't know getting engaged to you meant we were going to have kids right away. One way or the other, this question begs 100 other questions, right? And so the OP may be not sharing the full conversation she's had with her fiance, but she has not done or he has not been available to do real exploratory conversations on, let's just dig into one of these topics at a time. Yeah, Fertility is a topic that is tied not to just when women can conceive and bear children, but also to how financially stable you are, how emotionally stable you are, how happy in the relationship you feel. Have you always wanted kids? Have you never wanted kids? Have you been thought you wanted kids, but you never really had to have that discussion until just now? And it's bringing up anxiety about being a parent. That's just one area of this sea of questions OP has brought to the table, weaving them all together and trying to decide whether or not any one of them is why this man won't solidify a date. It could be any, it could be all one way or the other. This person does not want to get married. So how do you feel about long engagements? You had mentioned your friend got engaged and spent two years engaged. We got engaged and spent two months engaged. What's the value of a long engagement versus just staying in a a dating relationship for that period of time? If the engage, like, I don't see the problem with a long engagement if you, if there's an end to the rainbow, but I do think it is kind of strange when people get engaged and then they like four years later are still engaged and don't have a wedding date was, I just don't, I don't really think you're engaged at that point. User language lover 17 writes, what it seems to me is that you both have different definitions of what engagement means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. For you, it means you found your person. He asked you to spend the rest of your life with him. So let's get to planning and get married so we can start that part of our lives. For him, it doesn't sound like he's ready to get married at all, but saw engagement as the next step from living together rather than necessarily a step toward marriage. 
it sounds like he doesn't mind being engaged for a long time because he's not ready for the actual change. I would feel the same way you do. I was only engaged for six months because when my husband proposed, he was ready to get married and so was I. I would suggest having a conversation about what engagement means to him versus what it means to you. If he isn't responsive and refuses to nail anything down, a timeline is important for a million reasons, but mostly important because it's important to you, then it may be time to rethink this relationship. Do you agree? What ha- I think what possibly happened, obviously conjecturing, is that they got wrapped up in the like puppy love phase of a relationship. They moved in together right away. They got engaged right away. And then, you know, maybe there is some maturity issues on the male's part and all of a sudden started actually thinking about what getting married means and what being engaged means and backpedaled and started like just kind of treading water instead of like diving in. I don't think it's a terrible idea for this person to say, like, let's just not be engaged anymore. Let's go back to dating. And when we feel like we both want to get married, we can get engaged again. I think it takes two very mature people to be able to do that. It's it's a feeling of we are going to regress in this relationship. And that is going to be the place where we build more intimacy and vulnerability. I think that's often the more mature thing to do. But maturity does not seem to be these two strong points. I would agree with that. They have to both be on the very same page. What that means, why they're doing it, what how they're going to communicate it to people. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be challenging. Yeah. And they need to be strong enough to say, we want this is the better choice for this relationship. We both wholly agree and we're committing to that process and whatever, wherever it takes yeah. us. Like it, it almost feels like I I I would be think it's fair to say that there is maybe some maturity issues on both ends. And it may sound like one the the OP's way of talking about this stuff is to push for a date. I think Interesting. they need to step back, sit down with the partner and say like, let's forget about a date. Let's talk about what marriage means to you. Let's talk about what you might not be seeing in our relationship now that you'd want to see in order to get married. Let's talk about maybe some reservations you have or what may have changed since we got engaged. When you focus on all these external tactical things, it just doesn't ring true. It doesn't ring true to us as readers right now that your career or her student loan debt or, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, there's no substance to any of it. It's not very deep, right? Fertility. Like it, it's all surface level stuff. It's all external to you. Yeah. Like talk about what's going on inside of you. Yes. Inside of me, I have thought marriage would look like this. I think we're a far away from that, don't you? And the other person gets to say, oh, I never thought of marriage like that. I thought of it like this. And that's why I feel like we are closer to it than you. Yeah. And then you start sorting out differences of identity, principles, opinions, and marriage is doing that nearly every single day of your life. If your fiance decided tomorrow and came to you and said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to set a date. Let's do it. That wouldn't be a good thing. The way you feel inside about this situation wouldn't change just because they set a date. So don't treat this all about just the date. Like there is so much more going on here and you're going to have to draw that out and figure it out and talk between the two of you and both be in a comfortable place with moving forward if you're going to move forward. And and this is just my personal code. I, I was very codependent when I was growing up. I really looked for relationships to solve problems 
And I was very easily seduced into like creating a codependent relationship early in the honeymoon phase. I met my first husband on February and we got of the year we met, we got married the October of that year. Like, Whoa, that's wild. I knew that, but I like don't when you know hear if I it. Yeah, that. when you're like take it in, you're like that's not long enough to know you about. Met and we're officially married within like seven eight months. Yeah, I my I had to create really strict boundaries for myself. You will wait a year in in a relationship before you move in with a partner. It may be uncomfortable. It may not be pragmatic. But you're gonna wait that goddamn year. You're gonna spend four seasons with a person, getting to know them before you share a space with them. You will be in that space for a year with them before you even talk about setting dates. I actually think OP needs to do this work. You need to find yourself in this relationship, outside of this relationship, over time and seasons to see if this person is the person you even wanna be with. The the OP is sort of like, my fiance is so immature. If he would just marry me, we would everything would be better. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't even want to set a date. And it's I like, know. yeah, he doesn't want to set a date. That's a huge moment to yeah. discuss and and really come to terms with what that means for you as a person and your relationship. That's not yeah. a like, let, let me make sure that he understands my biological clock is ticking. <clears throat> yeah. And what, I mean, what we've learned is like, even after we waited the three years and really did a lot of work, we're still doing work all the time. And it's still very challenging to be married. Now, we're going to call in our correspondent for the episode. Great. So this week's correspondent is Commanda. Do you want to- Lovely couple. Lovely couple. So Commanda is a couple, Cam and Amanda, uh, but we call them Commanda, and they called in to share their advice. Awesome. What do I say? (laughs) The way you're leaving. Hey, friends. It's Cam and Amanda. What do you got, Amanda? This is a really tough one. I feel like I read it like probably 10 to 15 times searching the depths of my brain for advice. But I think that what I landed on most importantly is that this couple isn't communicating with each other. And I feel like maybe um, some couples therapy could be really helpful in their situation so that they could learn some tools on how to effectively communicate because I feel like he's giving a lot of excuses and I don't feel like they're actually talking about what is going on behind the scenes in their brains, clearly and directly with each other. What do you think? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, well, that's it, everyone. See you later. (laughs) Like you said, they're both not communicating, but I think they both have very clear expectations, or maybe not very clear to each other, but it sounds like their expectations are pretty different. Yeah, and I also think that you know, they got together in 2020, which was the beginning of COVID. They've been in this relationship with each other in like very uncertain times. Um, I know that it's really hard for anyone to communicate at this point. But I think that, you know, there's a lot of like underlying anxiety and uncertainty right now. um, That's probably contributing to their troubles. And something that we kind of talked about before we started recording was the wanting to like him saying that he wants to earn more in his career before they get married and that being kind of a red flag 
I mean, maybe during the pandemic, though, like the sense of security is also heightened, right? You know, that it kind of goes back to like very traditional marriage standards. Yeah. And I think that kind of the conclusion that I drew from it was that it seems like he talks about the sense of security. I don't know. It feels like maybe there's some underlying insecurity about being able to provide enough for um, his family. Or if there was like some kind of opportunity to express like, well, if there was no debt, you know, if I didn't have any debt and you did make enough money, like, like ideally that was happening today, like what would that look like for us in the future, you know, and our engagement and our wedding? Yeah, I think ultimately they need to actually have an honest conversation about what they both want out of an engagement and also marriage. Like, are they actually happy together? Are they compatible? Are they hanging on because it's comfortable to be in the relationship while the world is so chaotic? Um, or do they actually want to spend their lives together and have and start a family? I just think they need to to communicate with each other more often, you know, and a little easier. Go to therapy. Maybe. Therapy is for everyone. Therapy is for all. Just jump in, you know. All right. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're running out of time. Thanks for inviting us to be on your podcast. And good luck to Acrobatic Youth 547. Get it, girl. Bye. Great. Love them. Do you agree with therapy in this situation? Of course. I mean, I think they're at like a communication impasse and nothing opens up the emotional and communicative floodgates like a good therapy session where someone can kind of referee and frame the conversation and pull things out yeah i mean i just think it's it tears down all of the other patterns you have you know like one person does this habitually and the other person falls into this and sometimes these roles aren't even fitting of you and you just end up being in them um i think a therapist is a good way to like give you a safe place yeah to open up and talk it doesn't have to mean you're in therapy for, you know, couples therapy on the couch every week for a year. And couples therapy and individual therapy are quite different. Like couples therapy is you're having therapy for your relationship, whereas, you know, individual, it's like for yourself, which is two very different things. And <laughs> the way that you just described <clears throat> that was like the most obvious. direct, obvious way of describing. Captain obvious yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. What was your experience in couples therapy versus your own individual. So, I mean, I definitely think there's elements of it. Like there are things in my childhood or patterns I've fallen into or adopted that have caused me to behave a certain way in our relationship. But, you know, couples therapy is a way of being in the moment with your partner and talking about developing tools to get along better, work through problems better, plan better understand your partner's motivations better. I don't know. Individual therapy is just a lot different in my opinion. It's hard to, it's hard to like articulate though. I, I, what do you think is the difference? The reason I asked that question was because I agree. I think it can be challenging to understand why and qualitatively how they are different. When we would go into couples therapy, I would go into those sessions. This is how we are relating to each other in a context. Yeah. And that let that seed blossom into larger dialogues about self and experience and sort of our individual contributions to that dynamic. So it can be as simple as like Andy made dinner the other night and then I didn't clean up the dishes and then he was a little silent later and I was kind of frustrated because I just wanted him to tell me I want you to help out. 
but he didn't. He just kind of closed off. And I feel like I get that a lot when he has conflict with me versus when I have conflict with him and I'm overly direct. I don't even know if that ever happened. So I'm not trying to say that that was one of those experiences, but it can be as small as that. Yeah, sure. And then we would really try to pull that apart and kind of explode it into a million pieces. Yeah. What are the different factors in this moment? How are we both feeling? And is it indicative of larger trends in the relationship? I mean, if I were in OP's position, I would table the discussion about dates. Yeah. I think think your partner's made it pretty clear that he's not interested in setting a date. If you approach your partner, try to have open dialogue, they're resistant to that. If you try to get go to therapy to have open dialogue, they're resistant to that. I think you'll at least, you know, you'll know you'll know what situation you're getting yourself into with marriage. That's all I have on this topic. That's all I've got too. I mean, I think we we worked through it. There was a lot to unpack, but I think we uh we should do this again. So I just wanted to reward some listener feedback. Yeah. We want to thank the listeners for all their ratings and reviews. If you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast, we would really appreciate it. It means a lot. In fact, we want to specifically call out Pit and Kitten. We know you're out there. We love you, Pit and Kitten. Who wrote, lovely pod, very thoughtful, plus the couple's chemistry makes it a fun listen. That's the kind of review we would love for you all to make. It's so easy to do. Please help us out and rate and review. Thanks, guys. We should do this again. Yeah, let's do this again. Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowest, a website exploring what makes podcasting similar to and deeply different from what came before. You can find more about the show at narrowest.news and at Narrowest on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is Even Dreams of Beaches by Resolute from Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.